0: God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. That was me reading aloud with my classmates of the serenity prayer in my class on how to work with addictive behaviors in the foundation of the 12-step program. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So, join me on the flip as I take a look at limitations and capabilities. I'll see you there. The Serenity Prayer. It was a prayer that, for almost 90 years... Has been imbued with the power and the magic of people praying it in the most dire times. And it is the prayer and the focal point of what got me on this journey of where I am right now that I'm going to share with you. And that is dealing with limitations and capabilities. So to start this off, why the Serenity Prayer? Well, as I said in the opener, I, uh, recited the serenity prayer during that class when I was, I was taking it um, as part of my counseling track for uh, school. And it was the foundation of uh, the 12-step program that Alcoholics Anonymous um, and other uh, 12-step programs would be founded on. Now, let's talk a little bit about the Serenity Prayer. Don't forget, don't get it twisted. I am the child of a person who loved etymology, the study of words. I am also a very curious person. And so, in my meditation and uh time of looking at how I can update and overcome some limitations that I've seen in my life and enhance and increase my capabilities, I Started getting back to the serenity prayer, all right. So, let me tell you a little bit about it the serenity prayer was written by an American theologian. Uh, His name is Reinhold Niebuhr. Now, I'm going to assume I'm saying that right. Uh, And Reinhold Niebuhr, you can tell his orientation is European based on that name. Uh, But they say he wrote it sometime in the 1930s. Uh, The first accounts of someone having recorded him saying the prayer was around 1932. Now that got me to thinking, okay, what's the deal? Now, instead of my normal of going to try to figure out more about Mr. Reinhold, Reinhold Niebuhr, I was like, mm, 1930s, that is, that's an that's a, a important time, uh, especially for American history. And so I went back and I uh, brushed up on it. And sure enough, there it was. the uh, In the 1930s, the world, not just the United States, the world was encased in the Great Depression. Now, this Great Depression had popped off uh, back in 1929 with the Great Stock Crash, uh, what, they, what they called uh, Black Tuesday. And they accounted um, the Great Depression with the start, starting date of October 29th, 1929. And they went on to say that the Great, Great Depression lasted for a whole decade until somewhere in 1939. Now, if you go and look at uh, the grass, uh, gross domestic product for a lot of countries, if you go and look at uh, the impact of the Great Depression on migration patterns and on um, jobs, you'll, you'll see the, the telltale signs that this really was a global economic impact. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to get into the minds of the everyday person. And so there's this iconic picture when you look at the uh, Great Depression, and it shows this woman who was in California, and she was um, uh, a migrant, uh, uh, not a migrant, she wasn't a migrant worker, she was a uh, farm worker, and the ravages of her face uh, and her children Uh, hanging on her as she's looking out into the nothingness. And that got me looking at more of the impact. And so it wasn't just an economic impact. It was a turning of the tides on how people went about making their living, uh, In America, there was this great dust bowl that happened around this time. Potato famines and all of these things were happening in the Midwest. The soil was deteriorated to basically nothing and you really couldn't grow things. And so you then had people who had made their living off of the land having to go uh, and splatter in different directions to try to find work. And so on on top of the toppling of stock markets, you now had people displaced in how they made money. You see, prior to World War II, most people, at least in the United States, uh, made their living by The sweat of their brow, if you will, Uh, there wasn't really a big concept of uh, corporations outside of the anchor cities of New York. Um, Even in California, it was still desert and it wasn't really built up enough. And so on the eastern coast, you were starting to get these conglomerates that were turning into corporations. But for the most of the United States, that wasn't the case. But now you've got people who are suffering, who are hungry, who want to work, and they can't because the earth itself is rebelling in this great depressive time. So you look at this prayer, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And it takes on another complexion and another layer. So I looked at that and I was like, you know what, that makes sense. But why does this prayer have so much magical ability attached to it? Why do so many people claim that this is the prayer that helps them to push past their limit their limits? Why is this the prayer that helps people to achieve so much? And so, I went back and I was like, okay, let me make like my mom and channel her. And I went and studied the word serenity. And the word serenity has always stuck out to me, so much so that when I've heard people change that word in the prayer, I instinctively reject it. I've heard people say instead of serenity, they use the word grace. And when I went and looked at what that word serenity meant and meditated on it, I I understood why I would naturally uh, reject the word grace. And so let me just tell you a little bit about it, if, you, if you'll humor me for a moment. All right. So serenity, we know it to mean peace and tranquility and to be unruffled. And so that's what serene is, you know, and we think of it as uh, an internal state that helps us to not react to our environment, right? Yeah, right. That's what I thought. But when I went back and looked at the root word for it, serenus, serenus from the Latin that originated sometime around the 1495 to uh, 1505. So somewhere around the changing of the 15th century going into the 16th century, a whole new world exploded for me. You see the 15th century is the beginning of the Renaissance period. It is the end of the the late dark ages and um, the middle ages. And it is moving into an age of discovery and exploration for, for people. Wars are being fought. You've got the Byzantine Empire uh, being toppled by the Ottoman Empire. You've got um, the Aztecs and the Incas in the Americas reaching their 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 zenith. Uh, There's just so much activity happening in our world. New trade routes are being established because of this fight with uh, Constantine and the Ottomans, um, Silk Road, all of these different things that are going on. And so for this word to come about in that time, it was like, ding, 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 lights going off for me. And so do you know what that word means? The primary of that word means of the sky. Yeah, of the sky. And then it can mean weather. I was like, whoa. So serenus, the Latin root of serenity means of the sky and weather. And I looked at that and I was like, whoa, that's deep, especially for it coming out of this time where there is discovery. Now, the 1495 to 1505 time, uh, there was more speed and discovery and exploration of what it meant to be a human uh, on, you know, on this earth than any other time in history for the global world. And at that time, they didn't have ways to be in the skies. And so for them to use a word that meant of the sky and of weather and then attach it to where you can have a calm um, tranquility or be unruffled, it was amazing. And so I, I continued to do some more research on how the word evolved into what we know it as today. And I found that of the sky and weather went on to mean for, for people to be clear and unclouded. Yeah, serenity was a clarity. Serenity was to mean that you could see things the way you need to. Now, there was another thing. Um, In one of my grad programs, I took a class and it was called, uh, well, not the class, but a book. Now, I'm not gonna put the uh, reference to this book. It was, it's very hard to read. (laughs) And it was the bane of my existence, but when I had time to finally get into it, it's very powerful. But it's called Metaphors We Live By by George Lakoff and Mark Johnson and their linguist. I love linguists. I do have a favorite linguist uh, that I'll be mentioning in some others. And, you know, I just love him because he makes things so easy. But these linguists, they were saying some great stuff, but they just make it so hard to say. But the way they deal with how we use our words and how uh, words evolve they talk about direction and they have greatly influenced me. And so that's the next thing I thought about. Now, you guys, I'm just helping you go through this process of how I came up, you know, to talk about the limitations and capabilities from the serenity prayer. So thank you for going on this um, this journey with me as I talk you through this story of how I'm, I'm becoming a little more enlightened on this. And I hope that it is of help to you. So back to this Serenus, uh, looking at it from an ontological standpoint of, um, its evolution from this 15th century to where we are now, um, and the meaning of the sky for people who had no airplanes, no way to even fly a kite as best we know, um, that was really something. And so that this word ontologically or directionally was above, meaning that you could go into the sky and you could be so powerful that the weather would not even affect you. Because remember, it became, it came to be known as to be clear and unclouded. And then, so when you have this word putting you in the skies, that's putting you in the heavens. And at this time, the heavens represented the God realm or where power is. And so to put you in the heavens meant that you now took on God-like powers because you could see or look down on creation where things are smaller and now you have what? More control. So if you have more control, that means that naturally you will now have the calmness because you are clearly able to see things from your perch on high. And thus that allows you to remain unruffled. And so serenity, that state of being, became the ability to look high, uh, to sit high and look low. And so then, when you go back and you look at the serenity prayer that's written by this American theologian in the early 1930s, and he chooses the word serenity, that first line beca- takes on an entirely new life, at least for me. Let me let me read it back to you so you can see what I'm saying. This prayer says God, and it doesn't matter if you're if you're into God or not, just just bear with me. It says God. Or you could say higher self or universe, whatever you want to. But on this this point, I want to keep this word serenity in here, not grace, serenity. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. So what it is saying is higher being, best self, unseen forces or whatever. Grant me the serenity, aka grant me the positioning, the power, the control to sit high, look low, and be able to accept the things I cannot change. When you're able to see things clearly, the, the wise would say that to be able to see clearly is to also be challenged with regret for lost opportunity. And so looking at this first line of being granted the ability to be in the sky to be able to wield power and command, to be so far removed that the things below do not bother you and you remain unruffled. That was very powerful. But it but that part about to accept the things I cannot change is what really sold this for me. And so in this period, it's doing so much. It's saying, Greater power, grant me the ability to get above it in the clouds. Be um, amongst the clouds where I can have a clear vantage point, and when I get there, because I'm going to see everything clearly, help me to accept without regret the things I cannot change. Now, mind you, this is smack dab in the middle of the Great Depression, and this is a people who before this time they're. In America, at least, there weren't widespread social programs. I'm not going to talk about the Homestead Act or any of that. I'm just going to talk about for the public good, there weren't really any social programs that wouldn't come until FDR's New Deal um, at the latter part of the 30s. And so these people were on their own. They were like the buck stops here. Um, The local charities could not handle the plights of every person. And so people either had to buck up or fall out. They, they had no, no shining night to come save them. And so when you look at this prayer, you look at it and you see the parts where he says, except the things I cannot change, meaning I cannot change what has happened. I am playing with the cards I have been dealt. I am going to play this hand. And then he goes on to say this part, the, he says courage to change the things I can. Now, when you look at courage, courage is a um uh it is a word that sits on top of being on the offense. It uh it it houses bravery, it houses determination, it houses fastidiousness, it houses a lot of uh adjectives and 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 states of being that call for a person to be greater than their everyday self. So when you talk about courage, you are moving into the preternatural or the supernatural even of what a human is able to do. You see, now the wording has changed because now that you're serene, now that you're in these higher places, You have to operate on that level. And that's where courage lives. Courage lives in the heavens where you are able to overcome fear, doubt, regret, and all of those things. And, you know, I had never seen this before until meditating and wanting to get past and do some updates and upgrades. And I'm like, wow, I've known this prayer and recited it to myself often. And I was looking at it from a different Uh, ontological standpoint. So this prayer is not prayed on the battlefield. This prayer is prayed from a stance of being uh, the general looking at the battlefield on a table, if you will, and being able to move parts around to do certain things. This is where you are the overseer. You are overstanding something. Instead of on the ground understanding it or are trying to fight through it on uh, boots on the ground because you're in the skies, and so then the next part and the wisdom to know the difference is so powerful because talking about wisdom in the heavens means that you are talking about an ageless understanding, overstanding, if you will, and ageless ability to be able to using your clarity and using your power to override your human limitations. Here we go. Your human limitations, you are now tapping into the in, the um, internal, external, um, immort- immortal wisdom of all to know the difference. You see here, as I'm looking at this and now sitting above it, looking at it, like I said before, when you're looking down on something with clarity and how the, how the wisdom goes is that when you see things clearly, you see everything. You see the good, the bad, and the lost opportunity. And so the wisdom to know the difference led me to this understanding. And that was that the only thing you can't change is your past. Now, of course, you could come up with something to say, Michelle, oh, you can change past. If you're if you're a historian and you're a revisionist, you can, yeah, I know, I know. And I mean, you could come with so many different others. But for at this particular time, I want to say that with the serenity prayer and dealing with limitations and capabilities, the only thing that I don't need to worry myself about is trying to change the past. You can't. Leave it be. I have today. I really don't even have tomorrow. I have today. I have now that I can do something. Now, the thing uh, that I also wanted to bring out about limitations and capabilities when it when it comes to the Serenity Prayer is that looking at this, I had the this little saying that you know is is popular right now. Don't argue for your limitations. It came up in such a new way because to not argue for your limitations helps you understand your limitations are your past. They don't need your help. So stop expending your energy to keep on uh, regurgitating your past. Just, just move on from it. Forgive yourself. When they talk to people who have had miraculous healings, whether it be cancer or um. um people who have even talked about having blindnesses and and being able to see now, a lot of them go back to the fact where they say, I forgave myself. And in your limitations, in those things you cannot change, hides the unforgiveness of not letting go of the past, of not letting go of things that you cannot change. Now, like I said before this is where I am and I'm I'm just sharing it with you my people my tribe my family who listen to me and, and 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 get down with me on these stories this is my wisdom smack that limitations as it stands with this have to do with understanding you can't change the past but you can change your present and the courage to change the things i can i had to remember these people listening to these prayers at this time, were caught up in a global phenomenon that all around them was lack, poverty, and suffering. And yet and still, they prayed a prayer to be courageous to change this. They prayed this prayer to be courageous to change this, not knowing what tomorrow held, but in this particular moment, at this particular time, they would have courage to change it and they would have the wisdom to know the difference. Now, the last part of that, the wisdom to know the difference. I used to always think, why didn't they just ask for the wisdom on how to solve it? Why was it the wisdom to know the difference? And it didn't come and come to me until I started realizing that you don't really Need to focus on the answer. As long as you understand that you should not continue to be imprisoned by your limitations. Now there is this quote uh, from um, an—he's um, not a, just an author. He's actually a historian, a philosopher, and a futurist. And he's an Israeli um, futurist by the name of Yovel Noah Harari, and. Um, if you don't have his book sapiens and uh, homo Deus and um, his his next book right now is 21 lessons for the 21st century I encourage you to get them I'll drop I'll drop the link if nothing else read read sapiens if you haven't read sapiens read that one okay so anyway in his book uh, 21 lessons for the 21st century he says that um, humans are endlessly creative which I believe he also says that sometimes we solve problems by changing the question rather than than answering it and when like I said before when I was meditating about this last little part the wisdom to know the difference if you have a problem that is tied up in and the only path is to try to revise your history remake yourself that's not going to work so we're so creative that we're able to to even change the question we're able to solve for a different question so if you are limited by something that has locked you in, you know, maybe it's a disability or, or whatever it can, or, you know, a bad decision or something like that. Maybe your creativity lies in the wisdom to know the difference so that you can change the question to solve the better answer, the, to, excuse me, to solve the better problem that gets you the best answer to get you going forward. So let me talk a little bit more about limitations and capabilities now that I have been meditating on the serenity prayer and and how it's starting to unfold in different layers of my sovereignty as a person. And that is to even understand what a limitation is or even a capability. A limitation is the final or furthest boundary point. It's also, it can be an action where it restrains and restricts you based on an established law or custom or even your own personal belief. A limitation can bind you up, whereas a capability, the capability is where you have the potential. You have the power and the ability to do something. It means that you can be efficient, competent, but it also means that you can be open to influence or affect Now, on the downside of capability, you can also be susceptible to or predisposed to or inclined to something. And so with this prayer, when I go back and look and say and see the last part of the wisdom to know the difference, that's where it started to click. I not only had to be concerned with not getting stuck on limitations or even arguing for them. They don't need my help. I must now be aware of my capabilities. Because that's where the wisdom lies, to know the difference between what is limiting me and what I'm truly capable of. There's another quote from a book uh, that I'm reading. Uh, it's called *The Engines of God*, and it's a sci-fi book. I like sci-fi books with strong female leads. And in this sci-fi book, it uh, attributes a statement to a one of the fictional characters in it, uh, Maggie Tufu. And in there, she's a code breaker. Now they give her a fancy term uh, uh, name, but basically, she's a code breaker, and she's trying to code break uh, some alien uh, language. And this is what she says that was so powerful. And she says, show me what a people admire and I'll tell you everything about them that matters. And so I kind of envision looking at someone from a different different world coming in. And if they're seeing that we're praying this prayer of God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, And they are looking in totality of our history and our makings. And they know sapiens, you know, they've read sapiens (laughs) um, uh, from from Dr. Harari. And um, they take that wisdom. I would hope that they would look and see that we are a people bound to this terra, to this earth but that we are able to change our orientation. If we need to go into the skies, we do. If we need to take the past and project our thoughts into the future, we do. And for the most part, we are capable of so much. And so this is the wisdom smack I wanna leave with you, my my dear, dear listening friend. I wanna say that it is time for you to take the responsibility of propelling yourself into the sky to be serene and to understand that you don't need to be ruffled about the stuff going on down here. You need to get clear and unclouded. And don't argue for the limitations of your past. They really don't need any help from you. They will always assert themselves where you will have to have the courage to change the things that you can. And the things that you can change are predicated on the wisdom of knowing the difference. And that wisdom will allow you to increase your capability where you now will have the power and the ability to be efficient and competent. That ability and that capability will come when you start to understand that your limitations that you used to believe were limiting that were outside of just your past, that they can be upgraded by a change in your belief system. There's another thing um, that uh, I have learned uh, when I've taken copywriting classes and communication classes in the written form. And that is, if you ever want someone to act on something, you don't give them the action steps before you change their beliefs. And so this is my wisdom smack to you. When you are facing limitations, when you are looking at woefully inadequate capabilities, change your belief by changing your orientation to be serene about something and then put on the courage armor that it takes to get something done and rest in the fact that you do have the wisdom to know the difference and you will see your capabilities and your uh, um, actions spring forward. So guess what? My time is up and I sure do thank you for yours today. This has been Michelle Spiva with another uh, podcast episode of Wisdom Smack. Thank you as always for sharing, liking, and rating and reviewing. And um, please continue to support this podcast by using our Amazon link at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ for when you shop at Amazon. And I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for amazon so when you want to go to amazon and you do all of your general shopping